0: Yeah, welcome everyone. Um, Melissa and I are so happy tonight to be able to sing for you. We're going to sing Fall on Me, which was um, written by Andrea Bocelli and his son Matteo. And the words in this song are really, really beautiful. It's um, a duet, Uh, part of it's in English and part of it's in Italian. So before we start, I thought I could just read to you um, the English translation for the Italian part, just so you know what we're going to be singing. (laughs) A light illuminates you. Always follow it. You know it will guide you. Don't give up. Be careful not to lose yourself, and your past will fall away. I would like you to believe in yourself in every step you take. It's an infinite journey. I'll smile with you as you take me with you.
1: on the screen, so I'm going to pass the microphone over. And Emily and Melissa, oh my gosh, thank you. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Oh, welcome, everyone. <laughs> it yeah. was-
3: Hmm, Merry Christmas, the holiday spirit <laughs> yeah. is descending on us all.
2: <laughs> what a beautiful start of the evening and of the whole weekend. That song just was so beautiful and actually remind me of I think there's a workbook lesson. Jesus says that there's a light in you that can never die. You know, it's like this bright light. And I watched Jeff and the background of Jeff with this deep dark blue sky with the light shining through. And that's that's what we're here to remember, the light in us that can never die. And I feel that this is so important. I feel so honored that you all are here showing up and choose to join in remembering this light that is in us, that is walking beside us. You know, Jesus said, Who is walking with you? This question should be asked a thousand times a day. And this is what we're here together to remember. I was talking with Laverne the last week and we just have this beautiful, mystical moment where some, something just remembered about our mission. And it's really beyond words and beyond description. In, in our journey, we suddenly remembered... You know, we're not this body, we're here to, we're meeting in this specific time and space for a holy mission, and this mission is so big. It's beyond this time, it's beyond this life, lifeline, it's beyond our linear life and perception. And our mission is just to come together in remembering Remembering this holiness inside of us. So we feel like, I feel this is right now with all of you. This is why we show up here in this very moment.
3: Mm. Yeah, it's always so beautiful seeing all these faces. I know some of you are stretched across the world in different time zones. I've seen during the warm-up, wiping your eyes and, and just to be there and be with us and be awake and, and uh, yeah, even in my life it would take something profound for me to set my alarm. I enjoyed having a good night's sleep, but to, to get up, <laughs> to watch something, wherever you are, yeah, we're just so honored, and it is a sacred calling. It's like there's this remembrance in us that it seems for much of our lives it's very faint, mm. and then uh, we never know quite when it will emerge or when it will shine through in such a strong way, but when it does happen then we're quite certain that, oh, this is why I'm here, this is the purpose of everything that I seem to be doing, Uh, everything that I've done my entire life was just for this experience, this holiness. And I think it's important that we come together Uh, this is quite a celebration because Oftentimes we've lived a life where there was not that many witnesses. Oftentimes our parents weren't telling us we were holy. <laughs> our teachers, our uh, our partners sometimes, you know, they tell us we were many things, but usually not holy. <laughs> That's not something that that they tell us. You know, oh you're so holy. You're just so holy. You know, it's it's not something we're used to hearing. And so uh, there's something about this time of year, though, just from the, a vague memory of, of, of a celebration of, of an innocence that's prior to this world. Even when we hear the story of, of the babe in Bethlehem and we hear about the star in the sky that the, mm. the three wise men followed, no, they didn't follow GPS, no, they had no maps, they just were in the dark looking at this bright light and following this light. And in some ways that's kind of the way it is with our intuitive inner journey. We feel there's a brightness, there's a hope, there's something sparkly inside of us, something innocent, something childlike even, that is still there. And uh, for some of us we have memories of Christmases, maybe with, with our Biological family, maybe there was just some moments uh, during those Christmases where everything was quiet and still and sparkly and everyone was just gazing at each other with such love and gratitude, grateful that you could be together. And uh, and yet I think as Mary wrote in, uh, Mary wrote in her question about specialness that many of us have memories. Uh, I think Mary, you were saying it's the Christmases were the fun, so much fun with the family, but there was also tension, and occasionally there was conflict that would break through and then you know, as Jeff mentioned at the beginning, you know this idea of giving presents is very strange this that our mind would get so focused on giving and receiving of material things uh that conditioning. I think is just the ego's attempt to help block us from this holiness, from the simplicity
1: mm.
3: of it. And uh, and we're so grateful for anything that comes to remind us. It wasn't long ago I was talking about my friend Dale who's in prison. He's been in there for a number of years and he's got a number of years to go, but I think uh, tomorrow morning in my session I'm going to pull out that handwritten... Uh, letter that he wrote to me uh, that closed with: uh, "They sold my typewriter. Pardon my, <laughs> pardon my handwriting." But it's you know there's those reminders of the simplicity that that we don't have to do anything for this holiness. We don't mm. have to we don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove it. We don't have to justify it. We don't have to uh, somehow work hard at it, it's more of what we always call letting go, and like a let go and a surrender, coming back, back, back in the mind to that innocence that's prior, prior to this world, prior to mm-hmm. time, prior to space, prior to all those, even those memories. The good ones and the bad ones. There's something that's so pristine that it's even prior mm. to that. It's yeah. the I am-ness.
2: That's what I feel. This weekend, we're not really here to find out like a road map or how to find the holiness or how to find the happiness in the future. This is... We're determined to do it now. That's in our joining and in our... Devotion and in our agreement we have an agreement that is very sacred very ancient we don't just meet for random reasons right now we come here for an agreement and this weekend we're here to to actually tap into that remembrance that is you know that help us to remember what who we truly are with each other you know we can't do this on our own, Jesus actually said, you can't, you can't even accept correction on your own because in union with me, you know your true self. So it's always in the union. It's always in the union with the Spirit in each other. He also said in the Course that something to the extent that uh, withholding is dreaming, And joining is waking so in our joining in our determination to be here together you know our work is is really done we don't really have more than the willingness to show up here and just to tap into it right now like David said you know Christmas is such a time on the calendar in the world it's a time you know at the end of the year to celebrate. You know, it's a time for gifts, it's a time for family, for for union in the form. But if you look at the Course, anything around holiness and around Christmas is always about instant. It has nothing to do with timeline. It has nothing to do with preparation. It has nothing to do with what you need to do the betterment of yourself is just something that who you already are and it's an instant that we want to tap into to remember that. So that's the purpose of us coming together this weekend. And every moment when we come together is just for that reason.
3: Yeah, yeah it's like we've come together this appointed time to really be shown the meaning of Christmas. You know, this may sound like we're all part of a, a Christmas movie, movie. The meaning of Christmas. We're here, we're here digitally to discover the meaning of Christmas, and uh, and there's so many famous uh, movies, and and of course there's uh, so many plays, and theater plays, and I think of the the Nutcracker Sweet, I mean there's just, it goes on and on. There's so many uh, gifts and expressions of love that come through, and yet we're here to be shown by Jesus and the Holy Spirit the meaning of Christmas, and I think it's a way that we have to be open to Uh, If we're going to remember the meaning of Christmas, we have to be willing to forget the rest. We have to be be willing to forget whatever we were holding on to, whatever we were clinging on to, whatever we were hoping for in time and space, and come with wholly empty hands unto our God to be shown the meaning. Because to me, the meaning is very, very simple. Mm. It's not... Uh, coming through learning more concepts. It's not coming from repeating rituals or practicing things over and over in time. It's, a, it's this dropping deep inside, inward, into this place of stillness and, and acceptance. We like the symbols of like a, a burning candle or a shining star in the sky. We uh, Before we were coming here, um, it's the simple Little gestures, you know. Uh, I was uh, saying goodbye to ISO before I came over here with a belly rub. Just he's just laying there on the carpet, like oh, love me, love me. I'm holy, <laughs> and I'm like, I know you are. And so it's nice belly rub, a nice belly rub, and he's just leaning back there. Just a, that's a simple gesture. The simplicity. Of holiness has to just come from us so easily. It has to just roll out and radiate from us without any kind of expectations, any hopes or wishes that the world will change or that something should be different in our life. Uh, Diana sent this uh, movie, I think it was called Perfect Christmas. Uh, I saw a link to it on YouTube. It wasn't many views. There was just a handful of us that watched this, but I started watching it today and and uh, you know when I was watching it I could hear Jesus inside saying you know what he told us in the Bible, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And then how the ego in our mind goes when it hears that, be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect, then the ego comes in with bah humbug, perfect. There is no perfect. You will never be perfect. You can forget about perfection. But actually that holiness is perfect. That's, that's why it's holy. <laughs> because it was created by holiness and it is perfect. And, and there is no defense against that, that holiness. There's absolutely no defense. That, you know, all we have to do is begin to discern in our mind that there is another voice, an opposing force that has invented a substitute for perfection. And that substitute is called perfectionism,
1: Mm.
3: which is this crazy mechanism in our mind that we're trying to, in this case with the movie Perfect Christmas, she was trying to have the perfect Christmas she was recalling this little train set and this little christmas village that uh she had seen as a child and she had told her brother I wonder where this is and he said that's just a, a train set in a store window that's mm-hmm. not a real place but there was something in longing in her for there to be that christmas scene to have that christmas that her mother always talked about in ireland mm-hmm. and she wanted to Almost like recapture it, recreate it, mm. bring it in. And thus begins the perfectionism, mm. you know, the the trying to make sure the food is just right, the decorations are just right, make sure that you you've got your outfits you want to be wearing, your hair's just right, and all these every little thing that the ego would tell you, just make sure nothing goes wrong in mm. form. Mm. And that starts to drive us into a search for the perfect but it's through external means. We're looking somehow to achieve a perfect world or a perfect outcome. And I think that's one thing that Jesus really teaches us in the Course is that peace, peace of mind Mm. is a perfect outcome but it's not, it doesn't look a certain way. It doesn't have a, an expectation, it doesn't have a particular form associated with it. And that takes a lot to let that go. It's almost like people say, wait a minute, why, why am I educating myself? Why am I working so hard? Why am I striving? Why am I driving myself if there is no perfect form? Uh, why is it that I'm doing this? And I would say it's a, it's a defense mechanism of a perfectionism trying to overcome a, a, a sense of lack and mm-hmm. inadequacy and of just basically feeling alone mm. and not loved. That's, that's the, the fall from grace experience is feeling alone mm. or mm. isolated, disconnected. And,
2: and that is very dark like in this world we try to search and find this love through different means, through, you know, growing up in my own experience through trying to achieve the worldly accomplishment, approval from the parents, approval from peers and and everything. And, and yet, until I found the spirit, then all of a sudden, there is something that is fulfilling, that starts to fulfill this hole in the heart, starts to fulfill. And yet, the ego still comes in to say, seek elsewhere. You know, it can't be that simple. It can not be that simple. It's complicated. You know, you need to find love from this place, from this place, from everywhere else. But you can't just go simply into the mind and call Spirit's name, because that's way too simple. But... Over the years, what I found out is that it actually is that simple. The moment I'm willing to say all oh, these problems that I'm facing and I quit to try to find the answer and I literally just go inward to say, Spirit, Spirit, I'm with you now. Immediately, that's where the peace comes. And, and I feel like the best way for me to describe this journey is is a gradual gradual journey of choosing only that. So that choice has always been there from the beginning. I could always choose the spirit among all the different choices. And the journey is literally a journey of eventually have everything simplified to only one choice all the time. And that's it. that's it. There is no other learning. There is no other effort. It's just somehow, you know, it takes as long as it takes for the, for the mind to, to be willing to say, OK, I'm, I quit to choose anything else. And Spirit is the only choice. And I think that is why Jesus says, let these, this year be different make this year different by making it all the same. He literally means that do not have different purpose in any decision. You know, choose to see everything with the same purpose. Choose to behold holiness in everything you see and everyone you meet. And choose to see everything with me. And there is no other purpose in absolutely anything in life. And when that becomes simple, when that becomes single, then that becomes very, very simple, very simple life and fulfilling life.
3: That's the answer to everything, you know. just, Just to tell yourself, I am a bringer of love. I am a bringer of light. I am a bringer of joy. That is my only purpose. That is my only function. I have no other function. All other make-believe functions are meaningless. They're irrelevant. Imagine as a child, you know, if you were just at the point where you were beginning to understand your parent and, and the words of your parent and then and your mother or your dad just hold you aside and said, come here, just sit on my knee for a a minute and just listen to me Uh, and then whispered into your ear, you are here to bring joy. That is the only reason you are here and you should live your life from a place of joy. What really, really makes you happy is going to, to bring happiness to everyone. It will, it will come through you, it will be given you, if it is what you desire to be your function. And imagine with, with parents or teachers or guidance counselors or advisors, uh, all the way through our life, imagine if we had, had this voice telling us, remember, just be joyful, don't be concerned about the way things work out. Don't try to judge what's best in terms of the world. You're just here to to bring that joy, to bring that happiness. And and that is what holiness is. Holiness is happy, and holiness extends that joy and that happiness. Even in Christmas, you know, a lot of people remember people, carolers going around and singing, you know, it's a dark, cold night, and then all of a sudden you see there's, there's a group of people outside and and you look and they've got some lights and some candles and then they start singing in the dark. And you can hear it outside your door and you open your door up and then there's a whole group of people singing to you, <laughs> serenading you. and. That's the joy of of caroling, you know. It's almost a, a reflection right from the Bible. Mm. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Mm. Well, caroling is a pretty joyful noise. It sounds pretty good. It's not <laughs> it, it really is 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 great. And that's kind of the way our life is to be. We're we're to have that song going inside of us mm. and radiating and singing through us whether we're singing the, in music or words, or whether we're just, it's our attitude that is, is singing. That's really what the, the spirit of, of Christmas is all about. And I think, you know, the ego will come in like, well, yeah, 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 that sounds uh, bah, terrible, bah humbug, it just doesn't like the whole idea of joy and happiness, and it just doesn't believe that that's practical. And it took me a lot of years, you know, to start to just keep going inside to that and going, hmm, how do I feel about that? What is my motive underneath my actions? What is the motive underneath my behaviors? Am I inspired? Am I doing this out of a sense of joy and happiness? And. I think progressively as I started to just give myself over to this calling, mm-hmm. then I could be up all hours of the day or and night uh, doing things, uh, whether it's outside or at a computer. A lot of it was just uh, communication things, way more communication than I ever imagined was even possible. Uh, but it was just an inspira- inspiration coming through. It was inspired communication. It wasn't. I should answer an email, or I have to make a post, or I have to talk to somebody on the phone, or I have to do a video chat. Mm. Uh, no, it was. It was just a steady impulse after impulse to to reach out, to connect, to to extend, and then. Uh, Happily, I find it in the parable of David. As I kept moving along, um, lo and behold, the technologies kept increasing. You know, I would be going along, and and uh, I'd be on the internet, and Jesus would say, you know, you know, pay attention, VoIP is coming, and I'd be like VoIP, VoIP. Some of you know what VoIP is—Voice over Internet Protocol. I would be like, what is VoIP? And he's like, "Oh, it's going to bring your phone bill down." <laughs> that's what, that's what he told me. You, I need you to be communicating. It's going to bring this was back years ago. It'll bring your phone bill down. Okay, all right, I'll try it. Mm. And then uh, years go by. You know, when Skype first came out, we were we were like, "What is this Skype thing?" Well, for many many years, I don't even count how many years we we've been. I've just enjoyed doing Skype chats and Skype video chats and doing these one-on-one Skype chats. I don't know. There was a time in my life where I was doing so many Skype chats that I had friends in different parts of the world. I had a friend uh, Anna in Sweden, and you know Sweden's famous for ABBA mm-hmm. and you know music and everything. And so she would get on there and get all dressed up and she would put on. She would start uh, pantomiming a. She would start lip syncing all these uh, songs, and her her three little children were like uh, her background singers they 'd be all dressed up and and they 'd be singing and twirling in the background and and our skype calls turned into like a like a show, and that was just happiness that 's mm-hmm. the best use of Skype. I still have never found a better use of Skype than seeing my friend Anna lip syncing songs in pure joy with her little kids in the background, like her little pips uh, in the background, swirling and dancing, and, and you know, just for the joy of it. Uh, it's just opportunities to extend joy is really all the world is for. And we're not really meant to get Pulled down emotionally into make-believe problems mm. that were just made up by the ego to be distractions away from our joy and our holiness.
2: I remember uh, recently I was talking to JP, and he he said when he was just he graduated from college, and this uh, pressure about the future, and he had to make something happen for his future it was so stressful for him. It was so stressful that it will. Lock him down to some kind of. He almost can get blackout from mm. that kind of stress, and something happened that he got unemployment because his company moved to the to another state. He chose not to go, so the unemployment came, and he just started to think, "I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do whatever I want for a period of time, and see what happens." So he started just to dive into what his heart was truly wanting, like meditation, little walk in the park. And little by little, the money just like rushing into his account, nonstop. And at some point he made this connection. He said, well, maybe that's all I need to do just to be happy. And all the other money, financial issues and the stress will never show up if I choose to follow that and that is how he launched into this spiritual path and recently we were just talking and we said you know we all offic- is official we beat the system the ego system our life
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't ever believe
2: that there is a problem truly need to be solved anymore because all that we have done all these years was following this joy and this calling and just give ourselves over to it again and again and again. And we see, we witness firsthand that all problems and limitations and lack disappear in our awareness. And if we give that as our priority, we give the problems a priority in our life and try to give our time and energy to solve those problems and hoping that happiness will wait, after all those problems were solved, I can tell you that is a dark hole. There is no end to that. Happiness will never happen after problems are solved because the problems are not meant to be solved. That's like a system that's just never gonna dissolve until we choose to step out in our mind. So we're just like feeling wow, we're so grateful, you know, with with that kind of guidance someone from outside of time and space somehow made his appearance to our awareness and we got a, we have the wayshower, we have many companions and we can truly follow it step by step. Yes, it can be scary if we listen to the ego's voice and yet it is a much, much easier life. Much, much easier. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, it's great to have the contrast because the- you know, when Jesus starts talking about our our mind, our holy mind, uh, living in the mind of God, that we are an idea in the mind of God, he, he gets firmer and firmer and firmer in the Course. He says, you are mind, holy mind, purely mind. You are not mind-body. Jesus is not even a fan of mind-body-spirit festivals. You know, he's like, why would you go to that when, when you're a mind, you're purely mind, you're a divine mind, you're not a body, you've never been a body, and frankly, if you just give the use of that body over to the Holy Spirit for a while, you'll forget that you're a body. That body will disappear from your awareness. Because, number one, God didn't create it, God doesn't even know about it, and so why would you keep your mind so limited and so fixated on something that doesn't even exist? So People say, that's, that's kind of strong. Yeah, he says, at no single instant does the body exist at all. It's always remembered or anticipated. It's this mesmerism of time, it's just, a, it's just an invention of the ego, it's just a game. And yet if you're honest and you f- take a look at your daily life and your top 40 thoughts that are on your top 40 moving through there, you'll see that they're very body-related. And, and so you start off thinking, well, I'm a human being among other human beings. You might be wearing a t-shirt that says, I am a body. I exist in time and space. I exist in I must meet my needs <laughs> I must meet my Needsville. That's the name of my cosmos. I must meet my Needsville today again. I must meet my Needsville. There's no free lunch. The government not, is not going to meet my needs. It's a hostile world. The ego says, and you're, you you got to survive. You're a body that's got to survive. No wonder JP was, JP was blacking out, uh, thinking of the future because it, yeah, it's enough to make you black out. <laughs> it's it's stressville is I must meet my needsville. And if you go through your whole day, how am I gonna meet my meet my needs today? How am I gonna meet my needs today? If that's all your mind is occupied with is just meeting body needs, mm-hmm. then that that's very dark. You know, you're not gonna know your own holiness. What Jesus is training us to do through all this mind training is he's, he's teaching us, he says the body is outside you but it seems to surround you, shutting you off from others. He says it right there, the body is outside you. <laughs> the body is outside you. The body is not in your divine mind. The body is outside you. It's a distraction. It's a cloaking device like the Klingons had in, in Star Trek. <laughs> it's a cloaking device to keep you from knowing who you are as a spiritual being. And so if you're just focused on meeting body needs all day long, you're not really giving space for that holy instant, that that moment of recognition.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That moment when you just relax and in your mind you're just smiling like ah. Oh. And and so you're not you're not going to go from this fixation on the body to pure spirit without a transition. And that transition is your purpose. It's your life's calling. It's your function. That's going to help your mind rise up to, you know, love, lift us up where we belong. The Joe Cocker song, that's, that's what that whole song is about, is, is coming up higher and higher was that Steve Winwood had a song, Bring me higher love, ho. You know, all these songs, popular songs that are calling on a higher love. Mm-hmm. And it just takes the willingness to relax into your function, like JP did. You know, he, he basically, his, his company said, we're moving, he said, I'm not going. He got his unemployment, and then after that he started just relaxing and saying, Well, I better do what's important to me. I better spend my day. I better give my day over to what's really inspiring and important to me and not keep playing into the mesmerism of, of need and lack. You know, it, it's, it's not really a life if you feel like you're treading water and you're just trying to keep your chin above the top of the water so you don't drown. That's very fearful to keep flapping around in the water just to try to keep your chin above the water so you don't drown. That's, that's not a motivation that will take you to who you really are. It's just a, a very fearful motivation. Mm. But that's, you know, through our lives and through the lives of those in our community, some somewhere, somehow, someplace, they heard a call and they just said, I'm going for it. I really feel this. Mm. I trust I will be taken care of. I trust I am not having to provide for my own needs personally. Mm-hmm. But there is a presence that loves me so much and believes in me so much and believes in my holiness and knows my holiness so much that that it will take me home. It will beam me up. It will take me in the tractor beam and I won't there will be nothing I can do to stop it. Mm-hmm once i once i give myself over to it
2: mm.
3: it's powerful
2: it's very powerful and it's very um like the spirit or jesus is is guiding us in a very very specific and practical way and i always feel like if jesus can reach me he can reach absolutely anyone because i had no background whatsoever that is, even can open my mind up to jesus but somehow you know, just one day, all of a sudden, you know, in my early 20s, I started to feel, who is Jesus? Maybe I, I want to know more, just out of the blue. And from that point on, just something started to open up. But it was not through a book. It was not through parents. It was through not not through anything. Something just, when it's time, it started to reach. And I have just keep seeing it over and over again that the Spirit reaches us in ways that we don't expect and we don't have to even do anything. You know, at some point when I opened the course, um, Jesus said, your path is different. A holy relationship will be given you. And it took me a few years to realize he was really talking to me, like not a million other people. But very specifically to me and I better listen. He said a holy relationship will be given you. You meaning you <laughs> specifically <laughs> and I am talking to you right now. So it's like there is attention that needs to be you know, needs to be paid and and I just started to realize wow well, spirit or Jesus is right by my side and give me very personal instructions along the way who to meet, what to say, you know, what to eat even. Everything was very, very specific, but not really for any purpose, not for the purpose of maintaining the body, but it's all for the purpose of remembrance. Like the mind start to remember more and more and more. So that's why I feel at this point, you know, it feels like a time of celebration because it is a time of relaxation. Sitting here, I truly feel that how lucky, how grateful we are that we don't really need to do anything because our holiness is already here and is guiding us all along, has been guiding us all along and will continue to very, very specifically. And there is no mistake, there is no messing up that is ever possible. So that's what I feel is truly what we're here to celebrate, the good news.
3: I think you can you can also be ready to know that it's going to be quite funny uh, when when you start to give yourself over and say, all right spirit, you use the body, it's just going to be, you're just going to have some surreal funny moments where you just are smiling going, I can't even imagine this. Like I remember uh, there was a point where Francis told me, well, I, I told my mom I was a minister and her mom just First, into laughter, that Francis was a minister. It would be like Francis saying, Hi, Mom, I'm, I'm purple now. <laughs> I mean, that's... Imagine telling your parents that you're purple. You know, that's about how, how regular that was for your mom to hear, I'm a minister. Uh, it was so out of pattern. It was so unfathomable. Because Francis comes from a family that, you know, they were, you know...
2: Not what, just a family, but a whole country. A whole country
3: and family that's, that's that were not into really uh, religion or spirituality. You can't really say that for all of China, because there's some pretty deep non-dual teachers. But in right. your circles,
1: right. for you know, to I be a
3: minister know. is about, is like you turning purple one day. and saying, I'm purple, Mom. Yeah. Okay. And for me, it was a little bit different in the sense I was raised in a church and religious family and everything. But I was one of those that pretty much sat in the church and couldn't wait for the sermon to be over and couldn't wait to get out of the church and get out into the sunshine. I wanted to get away from it. And then after years of with the Course and letting the Holy Spirit speak through me, I found myself one time, I, re- I remember I was up in Lansing, Michigan and I was invited to a church. I'd been going mainly to Course groups and talking to people but that 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 church invitation, I remember I was just like, I heard my mouth opening saying sure, and then I remember going to the church and I was just smiling thinking, oh my God. And then I got there to the to the church service late, so the minister was still talking and then the minister was up behind a pulpit and then the minister went, oh there's David. He's going to address us tonight. And I remember walking up the aisle towards this pulpit going, this is surreal. You know, people talk about a walk-in. It's like the Holy Spirit is walking me up to a pulpit, to stand behind a pulpit in a church. And I was just laughing on the inside going, "Okay, you got me. (laughs) Because I had no idea what I would say. Everybody, the whole congregation waiting, you know. I have no notes, I have nothing, and just, there you go, walked right up, and then boom, the Holy Spirit gave the whole talk, and it was really funny. I, I enjoyed it. I think everybody <laughs> enjoyed it too, but that's what I mean, it's it's involuntary. Francis came from from a family and a, a, a city and a culture that had no inkling of anything to do with the, the Spirit. It was all about achievement and and productivity, and family, and all those things. And and for me, I didn't really aspire to go give a talk behind a pulpit. That's the last place I would have ever uh, imagined myself, and yet it was like, oh, this is surreal. And, but I'm telling you this because this is what we're talking about, about this surrender. It's not like you just can keep twinkling your nose and saying, I am not a body, I am not a body, I am not a body. You can't do that for hundreds of hours and expect that, that this is going to achieve the goal. It's more that you have to be in that total surrender and just say, okay, I believe that I, I'm looking at a world of time and space, but you're telling me that, that actually this isn't the fact of the matter. And I'm going to have to be guided. I'm going to have to let go of this faulty perception of reality, of this fixed belief in limitation, in lack, in competition, in comparison. I'm going to have to let go of the fixed belief in these crazy ideas, crazy concepts. And, and to do that I'm going to have to allow myself to be used. If this body, for example, is a puppet, I'm going to have to give over the strings. You know that was my friend Resta. That was her prayer all the time. She always heard me using that marionette um, metaphor over and over until finally, one day, you know, when she was going through some struggles, she just said, "Holy Spirit, put me back on this on the strings." Like I do not want to be in charge. I, I, I'm tired of playing Pinocchio. I'm tired of tired of trying to be a real human being. I I, I want to get back on the strings and. And that's what I mean by giving yourself over to your calling. You already know, I, deep down, what this calling is. You, you already have something in your heart that's swirling in there. There's something inside that's swirling and is going, oh, that would be really fun and joyful. And then of course this other voice, the voice of, of the ego, is going to try to drown that out and, oh, don't be ridiculous. Have you lost your mind? Be practical. You know, it's going to go on and on and on to try to shut that off. But Mm. we're saying, go for it. (laughs) Make this year different by making it all the same. Making it all the same by by not emphasizing certain days as holidays. Mm. Okay, Christmas, Easter, birthdays, all right, it's, you know... At first, we're happy to have something to celebrate. That's why we celebrate birthdays, right? It's pretty dark and dismal in this uh, make. I've got to meet my Meadsville universe. We, you know, it's pretty dark. So it's good to celebrate some things. So, so we have some holidays and some special days and events to celebrate. Even with Helen Schuckman, you know, Jesus would say. Uh, it's okay that you take a vacation from work. Jesus would tell, them. because Helen was like almost like a workaholic. She was a research psychologist, and she was working up there at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center. And Jesus would say he would reach her right where her mind believed it was, which was in a stressful career. <laughs> and Jesus comes in like a ray of light through that thick belief system and says, "It's okay to take a vacation." It's okay to take time off of work and give yourself a vacation. That's where it starts. It starts with with something where you feel like you're going to be gentle with yourself, you're going to be good to yourself, you're going to relax, mm. you're going to take it easy on yourself. And then as this heart starts to open, crack open, and you get more into your function, and and miraculously all your needs are met, mm. not in... I have to meet my own needs Bill. but miraculously, wow, I didn't see that one coming, well, thank you, thank you for this, thank you, thank you, JP, gets money coming into his account when he's not working. Right. Right. You know, that's that's how the spirit gets your attention. And then it starts to open up and you start to build a momentum, like, okay, this is, I'm the light of the world, so if I'm the light of the world, I guess uh, whatever I need will be provided for me to do my Light of the world gig, you know. So for a time, because it really isn't a gig; it's actually a reality. It's a state of of eternity. Mm. But it starts off as as a gig, because you believe in time and space. You need a few gigs, <laughs> so that's the way that it works. <laughs> mm. Sweet. You, you may be surprised with when this thing starts to come through you you know I, I know for me, I guess there's came a point. I mean, I always enjoyed music, but I I never really gave myself hours a day to listen to music until I did. <laughs> I did. I just let the music I put my headphones on or I'd I'd crank it up and I would just let my heart swell and open up and let the music take me. And uh and then it was the same with movies, you know. I mean, I enjoyed a, a movie occasionally, a movie here or there, but I never allowed myself to go watch three movies in a row <laughs> until I did. And I was like, I was so high, I thought, wow, that was great. Three guided movies in a row. And I've got so many parables of of even how... The Spirit, when I was on the road once, guided me to go see, watch these two movies in a row and they had all these parallels and there was all these lessons I was learning and and I remember that with some friends of mine, I would call them up and uh, like, okay, hey, let's go to the matinee. And they would say, but it's like, it's Tuesday. I said, yeah, I know, it's bargain matinee. Come on, come with me and everything. They'd say, David, it's the work week. It's Tuesday afternoon. I'd say, try it. Try it. Just come out with me to the movie. So I remember this one woman came with me and and we watched the movie and I was, oh, hi, after the movie and, and I said, how was it for you? And she said, all I could think about during the whole movie when I was watching the movie was that there are millions and millions of people that are at work slaving at jobs all over the world and I'm here feeling so guilty in this movie theater watching a Bargain Matinee Tuesday movie with you. I said, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> like, like, I cannot take your thoughts away from you, but that's not the best use of a Bargain Matinee Tuesday. Go and have some fun, be inspired, have your heart crack open, be lifted up. You know, that's what movies are for. That's what music is for. Be intoxicated by God. You know, that's what movies and music, but you have to realize you're going to have to start to give yourself over. To me this was all part of my mind training. I actually had to make a flip from feeling guilty about mind training, feeling guilty about doing the course, feeling guilty about meditating, feeling guilty about doing all these spiritual practices to actually one day going well, wait a minute, what if this is all the most practical thing Mm. I can be doing to fulfill Mm. my happiness and my joy, to be enjoying And maybe, what if all the other stuff that I felt guilty about, not doing enough of, maybe that was the trick. Maybe this this spiritual discipline and mind training is actually what I should be doing all the time. (laughs) Well, the ego is screaming after I had that session, you know, it's like... That's terrible. Bah, humbug. That's awful. You're gonna end up a, a bag lady a street person. You are you have gone too far now. You're off you have lost it. You have lost your marbles. But actually I thought, I feel pretty good. I feel really good now. Now I live with a bunch of people who who do the same thing.
2: Well, feeling good you know become more and more valuable like if there is a moment of feeling good like that becomes so magnified in the awareness okay this is is so important and the rest of the moments if there's heaviness the problems to be solved becomes less valuable to the mind that's what i notice gradually is because originally when the problems are always there my mind was very much wanting to solve the problem, wanted to go into it, wanted to discuss it and solve it. But more and more, it becomes just like I don't even want to go there anymore. I want to focus on what makes me feel good and do more and more and more of that, making sure that that is my focus of my mind. And it's very, very counter intuitive, it's very counter what the ego want us to do but that is actually working working really well
3: yeah yeah it is
2: yeah
3: you just start to notice more of the witnesses like today uh, I just was in this big beautiful empty house I look around I see Iso likes to just basically sleep get his tum- tummy rub eat he looks like the Buddha now He's become the Buddha cat, uh, because he's just, he doesn't really have a care in the world. So we've got Buddha cat there, and then today Cella, the cleaner, was over there. And Cella comes over and she's just smiling, rosy cheeks, she's so happy. She puts on her earbud, and she loses herself in the music. She's probably there for like five, five hours cleaning the place immaculately clean, and she's just, I see her out there in the sunshine, and she's got her earbuds on, and she's wiggling and shaking and everything. This is, these are the reflections, you know. If house cleaning can be that ecstatic, if house cleaning can be that joyful, then why not? Why not let it be that? You know, she loves it. For her, it's her time with God. You know, her body's moving, cleaning, but her earbuds are in and she's going. And you can tell she's actually having fun. She's actually enjoying it. And if our eyes meet during the day, she's smiling at me and I'm smiling at her. Oh, there's a kitty cat that came in in South Africa. (laughs) As soon as I start talking about cats, I, I notice them on the screen. I was just down there, Catherine. I recognize that one. I recognize that one. So, but these are the witnesses you call forth, and your mind just starts to soar because you know you're in your function, you're in your joy, and you're in your joy for the whole universe. It's not just you individually. When you go into this innocence and this holiness and this happiness, you're doing it for the whole universe because there's only one of us, really. This idea of fragmentation and separate persons and separate bodies is, is the trick. And Jesus tells us in, in Lesson 132, he, does, he says there is no world apart from what you think. So, you know, if you're thinking happy thoughts and you're thinking with your Creator, then there is no world apart from what you think. Then it means the whole world is happy. You know, it's like that song, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you. And when you're laughing, when you're laughing, the whole world laughs with you. It's the same idea that Jesus is teaching in lesson 132. There is no world apart from what you think. It's a perceptual dream. And if the dreamer is happy, that means everything in the dream is happy because there is no world apart from your mind. There is no world apart from what you think. And when you have believe you have problems, then you, it's like you, your mind generates a dream in which there seems to be problems all over the place. Uh, many different levels and layers of problems, political problems, problems with the environment or pollution, uh, racial, ethnic problems, there seems to be envy and greed and and all different types of competition. If that's what you want, then that's it. It's like the ego is like, if you want it, here it is, come and get it but you better hurry because it may not, you know it's always, it's gonna, it's gonna come to you at your own beckoning, at your own wish, because your mind is that powerful. If you want to be happy, there's nothing that can stop you from being happy because you are created happy. And that's more natural to be happy than anything else. But if you want to hold on to a false identity, and you want to play little, and you want to play limit, and you want to play, I must meet my needs-ville, you want to keep playing that game, then that's the perception that you you hold as your reality. Not that it is reality, but it's just the one that's held. So this is the time of holiness. This is the mm-hmm. birth of holiness. This is that seed of glory in the mind that says, It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be limited in any way. Because it's only your mind that brings forth your experiences. The world cannot make you feel a certain way. The world cannot generate feelings. The world is a projection of feelings and egoic feelings produce egoic perceptions and and, Jesus is just saying, this need not be. Mm. There is another way.
2: Mm. That's beautiful. The birth, the birth of holiness. It's not like we're here to solve problems. Because I remember, you know, in, in my own journey, you know, sickness and the body symptoms ha, has been like something that is really weighing on my mind if my body has some kind of symptoms or if I perceive other people's body have symptoms, there is like such a way on my mind because I want to solve it and there is no way to solve it. So I would go into all kinds of things, mechanisms, cause and effect, food, diet, or even cause and effect in terms of thoughts. But that is still a cause and effect and level confusion until the moment I decided that none of those body symptom problems, whether it's on this body or on anybody's body, will make me unhappy. I decided that I would choose to be happy regardless of what's going on. And that was such a a moment of um, declaration to myself. I said I would never let any of it to become a reason me to have any heaviness or concern. I will always choose to be happy and let, let the form be whatever they are. And they started to lose their purpose for me. You know, the ego started to lose the purpose because every problem has their purpose. The purpose is so that you choose something else than happiness. That's why the ego, will get you. you know, It doesn't matter the problem. It can be economic problem, it can be a sickness problem, it can be any problem. At the moment that it serves a purpose to distract our mind from choosing our holiness, then the ego keeps serving the, pro- the, the purpose. So I, I just noticed that moment when I decide I feel like I choose to never give this kind of form problem a purpose anymore that's the moment they cease to 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 show up in my mind as something that is important for me to focus on and i believe you know it i, I don't even care anymore whether they sh- they're there or not but i believe that's the only reason they will eventually cease to exist in my awareness because i they don't have a purpose to exist anymore so that's what we are here to do it. That's the only way, you know, we can never hope to solve all the problems in the ego system. Our our only way is to quit, to give them any purpose and remember, let something else be born in this moment. So that's the birth of holiness to me.
3: Yeah, I think that's, we'll try to, in our session tomorrow in the movie, is really bring, bring it in. Because for this, this time of the year, uh, in December, as we get towards Christmas, people always tell me they have heightened emotions. They don't know why they, they have such intense emotions. Uh, when they're around their family, all kinds of things that are under the surface start to come up. And where they were just kind of annoyed before, then when they're with the family... It goes beyond annoyance. It starts to get into some anger uh, and some struggle. And what Francis was just saying, like this, is the birth of holiness. This is this is the time of letting yourself be lifted up truly into the holiness, into that 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 realm of of that which you were created. And let's talk a little bit about some practicalities. Like for most people most people perceive that they have they have a range of problems maybe there's interpersonal relationship problems with your your partner your family your pets the neighbors the the politicians you watch on the news so there's some level of interpersonal problems going on they believe they have some financial issues sometimes at the end of the year when presents are being bought and and there's not enough money to go around to afford certain presents, there's stress, there's financial problems that present themselves in awareness, uh, or there's health issues that Francis mentions, symptoms and so forth. Let's talk a little bit about Albert Einstein now. Let's bring Einstein into this, for those of you that are like, yeah, there's too much religious stuff around Christmas, let's talk about Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein said, you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem. So if you believe you have financial issues in time and space, Albert is sending a Christmas present to you through me. This is from Albert. I'm going to channel Albert now. Albert, the eminent scientist, Albert Einstein. You can't solve those financial problems at the level of, of finances. Isn't that good to know that you'll never be able to solve financial problems at the level of of finances? Isn't it good to know that you'll never solve those symptom levels, those sickness sickness issues and projections on the body? You'll never solve them at that level. You won't solve those problems at the level of that problems, and you won't solve any of those issues that you have about politicians, or the earth, or global warming, or on and on and on and on. You won't solve any of those issues. You won't even solve global warming at the level of, of, the, of the environment. What is going to solve all of these problems? It's the holiness of the right mind. The whole Course in Miracles is helping you discern between the right mind which is the solution and the wrong mind which is the level of the false problems that have no solution that that uh, Francis has been saying you will never solve the problems at that level Francis tried she was on diet regimens didn't you go through a, a pretty strict
2: raw food raw
3: food diet regimens you know really going at it from from the level of of the the body and food and nutrition and all that, and she went at it. And then at, at some point, there was a pop that she started to realize, this isn't. After you started studying the course, was when the pop came. Was like, oh wait a minute, I'm not going to solve it. In fact, didn't you have a friend who who became a famous YouTube? <laughs> she's she's got more views than any of us will ever have. She became. Uh, wasn't it about health coach coach and into vegetarianism and she became hugely famous worldwide famous while Francis decided I'm going with A Course in Miracles and I'm going for the level of the solution the level of vegetarianism and what I put into my mouth is not going to solve this ontological fall from grace separation (laughs) that I believe in with God you know and and hallelujah for that because that was it has to come to you in some form that really gets your attention something you really have put put your mind in the belief system in and then you have a breakthrough and then you start to realize oh that's what Einstein was talking about you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem meaning you can't solve any emotional or any kind of struggles and issues you're having in in form, you can't solve them in the form, you have to choose the right mind. You have to choose to be in alignment with God. God is not the creator of problems, so the right mind would simply be a reflection of that love and oneness that calmly forgives and looks upon the world with quiet eyes, looks upon the world in stillness, It judges not. That's what the right mind is. It's just pure stillness and non-judgment. And that's the solution. That's why we're here joining together is to come to that recognition together like, oh my gosh, of course, it would have to be my holiness blesses the world. My holiness answers every seeming problem of this world. My holiness is how I am the light of the world. It brings holiness to all other minds, through my forgiveness, my holiness blesses and and brings holiness to every mind. That's still within the metaphor of separate minds, but bear with me there. You know, that's that's what the Course is. It's saying, you have to let it be like a blanket of peace that just rolls out and spreads across the whole world. So that any appearance that you see is just covered in that love and that light of forgiveness. And it's doable. This is like why we're, we're here doing this. We're here joining together to, to recognize this together, to, to have our celebration of holiness together. <laughs> I see. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, precious, 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 precious. Well, we we have some questions and that were written in, and also uh, we always love. Yeah. To hear from you, and that's what these whole weekends are really about—is opening up. And do you have any feel to go from something here, or to just open it up to? Maybe the, we
2: can just open up.
3: Just open it up.
2: Yeah.
3: To everyone.
4: I have a story. Uh, can you hear me? Friday, I was so excited because I didn't have much work to do the whole weekend, and usually, sometimes I go three weeks without a day off. And I couldn't believe it, and I just let myself follow my joy and go where I was led. And I ended up at a friend's house, and I helped her very light heartedly solve a problem. And she invited me to dinner, and I was like, I can't believe what a wonderful joyful day. Then, when I was leaving her house, I fell down the stairs. I sprained my ankle. I hurt my butt. And I said, No. This is ego punishing, you know, my ego, me to punish myself for having joy. No, it's just a trap because I get upset with myself that I don't give myself enough time to have fun, and then when I have fun, I hurt myself. No. So I
1: pulled off, I took my shirt
4: and pulled up, down the street, and I did the thing, and I, and I put, I'd like to do Christian Science stuff, so I did that, and then I did something my spiritual ego doesn't like, and I actually took some ibuprofen, because I always try to heal without medicine, and I'm like, no, I'm taking this painkiller, because I don't want any remembrance, or the thought that my ankle hurts, because I'm done with this whole thought. I deserve this joy, I deserve this, and um, I just walked on everything like normal, then the next morning it hurt a little bit, I took another ibuprofen, and I said, no, I'm not going to heal it, and then I was fine. And so, I love it, because... This ego try to trip me up at every turn, uh, not letting me have joy, but then trying to say, "Well, you're so spiritual; you should be taking medicine." Oh yeah, I'm gonna take it because <laughs> 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 so I'm gonna be
1: that's
4: perfect. Uh, you know, and then also,
1: there's
4: a part of me that's like, I don't know if I can live in community. Why can't I just? Isn't it possible for me to have like a peaceful life here? And it turns out I got this job where sometimes I have stuff to do and sometimes I don't, but I get paid no matter what. And it's pretty good pay. And then I, start
1: feeling,
4: yeah, but then I start feeling guilty about it. And then somebody, you know, then there's like a little strife between me and a co-worker. And it's like, you know, I'm just feeling guilty because this is here and I have to keep bringing myself back to my purpose. And it's really okay for me because... I don't have any work to do. I spend that five hours praying, meditating. I mean, how can that be bad? And so, but there's that part of me that says, "Oh, it cannot be this easy."
1: You're, it's,
4: no, you're not allowed. And so, I, I and mean, something will happen, and then I know to get back on track. But I just love it because you're saying exactly what I've been experiencing
3: lately. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was lovely. <laughs> That's lovely. Thank you.
5: I see Mary Straub has raised her hand. <coughs> Go ahead, Mary. Oh, hi. I. Oh, this. I love these retreats so much. And and David. You, um, okay, Jeff. I'm looking at you again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Where David go? <laughs> <laughs> there you are. <laughs> okay. Uh,
5: this is precious, you know. This you make um, my knowing what life is supposed to be look normal, and and I'm I'm just it's like this is the way it's supposed to be. I'm really really realizing that that and this is the way. Um, I'm living my life. I'm I'm retired, and I just live by the. It's like under Christ's control now, and it's 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 between going to the senior center or being online with Mighty Companions, and it's just been fabulous. <laughs> and I still am, am noticing that I'm noticing um, my family and things, that, and avoiding things that are uncomfortable, like. Um, old friends that are still in that yang yeah, yang yeah place and still in that negative place, and I'm, like, judging them and going, no, I don't want them in my life. They're, they're not, this This is what's normal. This is what's normal. So I'm noticing a little bit of a, a, a conflict with, I really want to, to have the joy that you have wherever you are, so I know I'm moving in that direction. Um. Yeah, and so I'm. I'm kind of like. This just. This is what's what's real to me now. It's it's just this effervescent joy is is. I just know that's where I'm supposed to be, and I and I love it. And I'm pa- still paying too much attention to. Well, I wish every you know my family was there, or or no, I'm not going to go spend Christmas with my family, they would drag me down, but I, I'm like, well, what if I could be like David and walk into a room and bring everybody up, and I'm like, well, I'm not there yet, and so I have to let my, forgive myself, let myself off the hook for that, so it's like, is there a time, like, <laughs> in between the happy, you know, waking up and, and knowing, or, is there a time to just pull, it seems like i pulled away from everything, and I everybody and I have it. Everything is better. My body's better. I'm happier and, and I'm really, really focused on being with my mighty companions and people who who are have this knowing and this joy and then make this stuff normal when it's crazy in my family. They just you know they see me as just off the charts crazy, but maybe one day I'll get a still get over it but, but they know I'm not <laughs> So, but I want to, I want to, I, wanna, I really want to get to the place where I can be anywhere. Right now, I don't think I'm quite there. I want to be here. All the, I mean, I want to, as much as I can, be with, with, uh, I, I love Teresa's story. My gosh, just do, do just, oh, that, that was so joyful. And I, I know that's the way it's supposed to be. So, yeah, thank you, Gail. Mm. You said effervescent, yes. I love it. Mm. See, that's what I want <laughs> but I don't want to expect everyone to be there because they've got to be where they are. And I want to love just because I am love, not because they deserve it. You know, it's like, how can I love people who feel like they still drag me down or it's part of my people pleasing. It's part of believing I have to help everybody and fix everybody. And that I'm releasing and I'm releasing specialness and it's, it's kind of a roller coaster ride sometimes. sometimes
3: but thank you so much because yeah, thank you for normalizing joy. <laughs> <laughs> <I can't work. laughs> oh, Mary. Well, you wrote, uh, you wrote in to us too. You were saying that you were mentioning how you were just watching your thoughts of people pleasing. Aren't the holidays the best time? To forgive people-pleasing. I mean my gosh, it, it seems like there's so many opportunities over, over the holidays when you're getting into that. And, and uh, I think um, also with uh, Stephanie who had written about, can you, can you go into that idea about make this year different by making it all the same. Imagine that it was just that you decided to go on a fast but not a fast of not eating, you're, you're going to go on a people-pleasing fast uh, for the holidays, for the next, we'll say for the next three weeks you're going to fast on people-pleasing. And then maybe you get so into the fast that after three weeks you say to yourself on New Year's Eve, I'm going to make this year different by making it all the same. I'm going to go through the whole 2019 without people-pleasing. and let the chips fall where they may. If people fall away, if people don't call. You know, the best part about not people-pleasing and being authentic and let your yay be yay, your nay be nay, really, really staying in touch with the Spirit and living your life from that my yes is yes, my no is no, is that since the world's a reflection, the the world just, the world doesn't want anything from you. When you quit uh, believing that you have to please the world and please people, that old world, which was a, just a mirage anyway, just starts to fade and fade from your awareness. And and you keep on with your people-pleasing fest, you go right on through the holidays into the new year. And I love it that way because I seem to just be surrounded by people that are very authentic, that, that really enjoy uh, speaking from their heart. They really they don't try to hide the emotions when they come up. They let the the joy come out in full force when it's there. And there's so much energy there because you're not trying to suppress and push down and push away and deny. So, you know, you're I'm um, thank you for writing your question in and thank you for coming on on the screen there and sharing that because because this this is important. You're making the turn Towards the holiness. You're saying, I deserve this experience of this holiness. I truly am not abandoning anyone or harming anyone, because how could my holiness bring harm? Uh, it's only the ego that is kicking and screaming a bit uh, for fear that uh, you, won't, you won't be normal in the old sense, but you'll, that you'll normalize in joy you know and and i think that's what what you're seeing and you're experiencing and it's happening for you and i'm i'm glad that we we can all be a part of it you know it's very it's very much of an honor for us you know jesus says it's the privilege for mm-hmm. the forgiven to forgive and i'm very much feeling the privilege of being able to to share how how beautiful and innocent and holy you are and 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 share that from my heart it's it's really an honor and a privilege oh, thank you thank you uh oh.
1: Esther
6: thanks. I um I experience the joy more now, and my mom and I have this conversation that um, makes it a little difficult. because she feels that seeing the body is the answer to her longing to be with me, and I try. I'm trying to establish. M- more of an understanding, maybe we would have time on the phone that we could connect and feel connected there. But when she calls and she says, what would you like me to do? And wherever she she is, would she like to see me? And I just look inside and I find that I'm just joyful where I am and I don't really want to go anywhere or necessarily see her. And it's conflicting for me because what goes through my mind quite quickly is yeah, but she's not gonna live very long, and you're just her. <laughs> I know I talked to you about this before, this this thought, but so I'm working with like people pleasing, but I, I, I also like 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 Mary was saying, I need to um, exercise that that strength to to be clear and speak clearly what what's what's going for me that moment because I'm not. I'll say, well, it's snowing outside, and she'll say, oh, well, you can go in the snow. and Or, you know, it, I'm not clear. So if, if during this weekend or now, you could give me something. T- I know you, you said a lot already that's been extremely helpful, but something that, some clues, something that I don't have to think that she's going to die one day and that that's why I have to see her and do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah it's a, I think it's this obligation idea mm-hmm. that none of us like to feel the heaviness of like an obligation and, and that's what this whole world is set up to be, obligations and duties. And, and we would like to come to a place, to a state of mind where you feel that just it sweeps over you like you're, like you're so inspired, like, oh, I'm going to go see mom. You know, it, it just kind of takes over you because the joy is there, because the love is there. It's like it's, it's that miracles are involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. And so I just honor you for what you're doing because as you do this healing work, you, of course you go in and you face all these shoulds and ought tos. And that's what we've been programmed uh, coming to this world. It's very conditional love. Uh, when we really start to take a look at what the ego is, its, it's answer to, to hatred is to cover the hatred over with special love. And special love comes attached with lots of strings, uh, lots of obligations, duties. She could die. I better I, I should see her. I, I, I have to make time, and you know those kind of that's a pressure. It puts the mind in, in a bit of a vice. And so, ultimately, that's what I used a lot of my experiences with my family when I started to do a lot of travels and started meeting a lot of people and everything started to open up for me. Like when I started just praying, use me spirit, you know, let, use me in the fullest way for the benefit of the whole universe. It started to take me out of this special love trap you know, where there's certain ones that you should love, you owe them, you know, it's there's all these kind of things that are seemingly normal in the world, but actually they're very special, what Jesus calls special. I remember, too, going to study, uh, I would go meet Ken Wapnick in Roscoe, uh, New York, and uh, I would go up there... Uh, and talk to the people of what my friend Dorothy worked in the kitchen and she would say oh yeah, every time Ken does a workshop on those chapters 15 to 24 on special relationships she said we have to get like six times as much food uh, for the workshops because people just stuff their faces they don't want to look at that stuff nobody on this planet wants to look at special love, you know That doesn't even, that's the stuff of Valentine's Day cards. That's the good stuff. You know, they don't want to look at that and see that that there's ego defense mechanisms underneath all of these kind of romantic ideas of bodies together. That's the stuff. But even with family, like you're talking about with your mother, that's wound in there really tight. You know, it's mom, and I had to get so much into my purpose to go shine my light so fully all over the globe that now when David and Mom, Evelyn, come together, it's just a joyful moment. Uh, that, and it's just still like nothing special. like. The body of David is over sixty now, the body of Evelyn is over ninety now, that's hundred and fifty years in those bodies. And we just have this, we're just like shadows, like sunlight coming through the trees, you know, when the leaves blow and you look on the ground and you see the shadows. That's all these bodies are. They're just a bunch of shadows. Nothing special. I have another friend who was just diagnosed with cancer and she was going for an MRI and and she was pondering online, she said about her parents death, like, it just seems so random. She was just pondering like, what is the purpose behind all these things of bodies dying and all these things that are happening? Like leaves blowing in the wind, like like sunlight flickering through the trees and the little shadows dancing on the ground that's all it is it's so different from the perspective that we were raised with we were conditioned to believe they were so important we were conditioned to believe birth was important we were conditioned to believe biological so-called life was important we were conditioned to believe death had had meaning we we bought a bill of goods we we We've been plugged into the wrong system and now, as Francis said, we we beat the system. <laughs> we finally are beating the system by starting to realize what Ramana Maharshi talked about, you know, it's not real. It's lila. It's a play. It's like shadows dancing in the sunlight. You know, that's, that's all it is. So we're with you because I know you're doing the work. And I know it takes everything you've got to not just give in to that guilt. You know, it's that voice of guilt is trying to say, "Oh, you should, Esther, you should do that. You should, you know, it's going to try to keep hammering away, but don't succumb. Don't give in to it because you are holy and you deserve to be happy. And that's what I did. I, I just faced during the holidays all my people-pleasing thoughts around my family and everything like this. And then the more I got into the joy of my function, uh, that was just natural. And now when I seem to go back to the biological family like Jason's uh, doing right now, it's so joyful. They're like, they, they hey, hey, it's you. They're almost like they're seeing a ghost uh, showing up. Whoo, where have you been? You look happy. And they're happy, and I'm happy, and we're all happy. Because, guess what, I followed my purpose and that's what it took. It wasn't about them changing, it was never about them coming around or them changing. It was all my own perspective headed to to tweak and shift ever so slightly. That's that's the key.
1: Mm.
3: And with your mom and with everything, we're finding it transfers everywhere. It's just beautiful. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet, Catherine, Johnning, what, what time is it over there in South Africa? <laughs> <laughs> it's the wee hours. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, we've gone through some of our questions already here. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got, uh, Holly wrote in from Australia. I'm really looking forward to joining this week, which probably had a bit to do with sending the email. I don't want to miss it. I missed last month, but I am glad I did. It provided the opportunity to witness how much difference the weekends have been making to my connection to Holy Spirit and my day-to-day wellness plugging in with the mighties. At this stage in my journey offers an anchor point and keeps me towards single-minded vision amongst the seeming stress and pressure of Ph.D. work. I am reminded of how grateful I am for all that Living Miracles offers and for each one of you and the work you do for us all. And that's holly that's so beautiful that's That's that reminder that we're all we're all singing the same song we're striking that high note, and when we pour our hearts out and and share it, then it strengthens it that ideas are being strengthened as they're given away so every witness that we make reminds us of this deep calling that we have and And what you're talking about, yeah, you're still going on with, you're working, you're doing your PhD work, but it's like, it's part of that mind training of just really tuning into what is valuable for me, what helps keep me in alignment, what keeps me feeling linked in and connected. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine, Cindy, last night, who I hadn't spoken with for quite some time, and uh she said, "Yeah." She just said, "One day, I just started tuning in and watching these Ellen Virtual uh, videos and these Spirit TV things, and and I just started watching them. And I just, I just watch them now. They, I, I must have hit something because they come up on my screen. I must have subscribed or or called something. But she was just telling me how happy she is, just feeling so connected." And however that happens, uh, that for her has been one aspect because she says she's a technophobe. She absolutely uh, has great difficulty with uh, with technology. But her main thing is she really tuned into uh, to Jeffrey and Frank's because she said, "I, I, that's my." Those are my mighties, you know, I'm a 12-stepper and I watch those and I totally connect and she goes to like three groups every day where she floats around like a a butterfly going to these 12-step groups and she used to do this with course groups as well where she just has to shine. And she just takes her card, she's passing out her card and her cell phone and she was telling me, she said, you know, if I'm not connecting, If I'm not extending, if I'm not shining then the opposite comes in. I go into isolation, I go into fear, I go into guilt. It was just a great witness again how we have to nurture that part of us, nurture our hearts in in whatever way we feel to connect. Because it's very important, we can't just shove it off to the side. And that's what I think you were saying But sometimes it just takes one contrast experience for us to say, okay, I can see, thank you spirit, (laughs) thank you for pointing that out to me, and away away you go. So it's beautiful, I'm so glad you shared that. I really feel like you're ringing ringing the high note for all of us, that it's just a note of gratitude, like here we are during this holiday season and we have each other and we're very dear, this is our uh, our digital family, and and uh, isn't it fun? We don't have to be like worrying about gift exchanges, and did you get me anything, and this and that. It's been so many years since I've had that. I I can't even remember the last time. That was years ago, where you know, it's like it was like present anxiety uh, in terms of material presence instead of. Uh, the present moment joy of the holy instant and uh thank heavens that's over <laughs> I, I don't need to be going through all those uh comparisons and you know that's when you're children you know it's like you know that's the time for it but then there comes a time when childish things should be put by and laid aside when peace of mind's too important uh to to that I do have fond memories of uh, year after year of sitting there. We always Christmas Eve with my family, my sister, and we would always sit patiently and eat our food as fast as we could, and then try to get the adults to get out of the kitchen and out of the dining room so we could go over to the presents. And but you know, even those memories are fading away now. It's like I I actually enjoy more. Of having no expectations uh, w- around any of these uh, days or events or people. And to me that's the, the greatest happiness is when you can just be in a state of stillness and love and appreciation and you aren't hoping things to be different. You know, you're not, you don't have these ambitions for getting things anymore. It's almost like that's just a, a root that uh, is gone it's been pulled up <laughs> no longer there <laughs> oh here's one jean
1: mm.
3: Who woman from france She writes, Jesus, Spirit, I want peace, but there is a judgment. I want the happy dream. How can I ask for that when we are told that it is a quote, early stage and ultimately I want to go beyond this. Ultimately, I want to see the dream is a dream and not real. I heard that we can pray to see the happy dream. And pray for the kind of day we want. I have always resisted these prayers. What if what is best for me today is to go through and see some issue which may be very uncomfortable? I may suffer, so since I don't know what it is, what is the best for me? I can't even ask for a happy day," exclamation <laughs> point. Please help me unwind from this belief that I can't ask for a day of peace, love, and joy, and that it is okay to want the happy dream for now, exclamation. Mm -hmm. I am reaching that, quote, edge Francis talked about. Spirit takes us just to the edge of what we can handle. I am there. I need a break, exclamation point. I need peace, exclamation I don't think my body can take the level of stress and suffering I am living in for months exclamation. So it's beautiful. That is a heartfelt plea for, for us to join in because um, when we really call out for happiness, we are really bringing to the surface all of the beliefs and thoughts and expectations of what we believe we need to have a happy day and so it's like going down the rabbit hole of the mind into emptying the mind of of everything. When we really are praying for the happy dream, we are praying that prayer, let this, this year be different by making it all the same. We are praying for a a different perspective on the world. We're we're just praying to to learn that we can care about our state of mind and that we deserve to be happy and, and we can learn to loosen our cares and concerns and worries about the form of things. It's the mesmerism of this world that has convinced us when we seem to come here of the importance of of the world and and now the reverse amnesia is happening <laughs> where where we're actually getting into the vibe of forgetting the world and remembering god mm-hmm. forgetting it though in a in a way that's guided cuz that's the only way that we can do it without fear if we we try to push it away or we try to suppress it or bury it it, it will still be there to deal with, but when we allow just the daily guidance, just for this moment, to tune in and, and feel what is it that is best for myself, what is it that's best for the whole universe, we tune into that, then we're heading in the right, the right direction. And you shouldn't, shouldn't beat yourself up for even, even things that you seem to still notice that you want in the world. It's not that Jesus is asking us to be without anything. It's not that Jesus is saying you have to deprive yourself of something. It's more of a convincing job that's going on in the mind. And that's up to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is be willing to be convinced, but it's, you know, it's, it's going to have to come in a way that we can, we can handle it, that we can, we can take it. And I think when we feel like we have to do something to make it happen, that's where the pressure and the stress comes in. That's where we start to, to feel like, I need to make a big move, I need to do something big and bold. Uh, when I feel like the, inviting the spirit is a very soft presence, it's a very soft invitation. But I really feel your heart I really feel your heart because it's like that's you're just calling calling on the witnesses to come into your life to 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 convince you you're you're praying please I don't want to struggle with this Francis, mm. did a we were at a conference i think an Easter conference where you did a whole talk on the choice for happiness mm. like of really coming down to see it really clear that it was a choice mm. which takes it away from these causation ideas of um, if this happens I'll be happy or that happens yeah. and even in your life the way things have just fallen away it, it just was a it, like it was an obvious choice it wasn't like you were in a point of struggle it was more that oh the inevitable is happening and and good for that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's very freeing in the end to see that it's all up to what we want. And like what you said, um, Jin, you know, we can decide that we want a happy day. Actually, it's very, very important that we know that we can decide the kind of day we want. And that's all we can decide because we can't really decide on the form of things. The ego wants us to decide on the form so that, you know, we either have control or we can then relax. But that is an upside down thinking. All we can decide is that we're going to choose happiness today and let whatever happens happen. And I just think, you know, at this point, when we talk about holiness, we, we know that there's so much love inside our heart, so much love that wants to be shared and extend, and you know when we talk about celebrating with families, that is where things also start to get tricky because we want to extend the heart the love in our heart. we want to have fun, but we don't know how to walk this line of no people pleasing but still offer the love. And I think it is just, you know, remember, let us remember that we don't know what love is and we have to be guided. We can't allow things just to be compromised and take that as gestures of love to compromise what we feel in our heart. We have to be, you know, guided in those kind of situations and i was even thinking esther was just talking about her mom and you know you you don't know how to communicate those kind of things i had a recent incident not so recent but last this year i think around june or something i had um, a really loving dream she my mom showed up in my dream and i felt so much love and waking up i thought i'll call her to to extend this love, so I made the call, and and the moment I called, she was like, "Oh, I'm so glad you called. I'm thinking of coming to visit you in Mexico in January. What do you think?" And I am like, "Oh, that's not the reason I'm calling." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, nonstop. She made the plan. She's like, "I'm thinking about it, and I'm ta- I'm looking at tickets." I have time in January. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to be alive to see you.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, Suddenly, all of this guilt, just like, I said, oh, hold up. I I don't even know where I'm going to be in January next year. It's too far away. Oh, you you just don't put me as a priority. So all of this guilt just, <laughs> I said, okay, I, let me just, um, you know, like a regroup here because that's not the that's not the spirit of the call. That's not why I called, and all of these guilt trips that start. So I kind of hang up, just saying, "Let's not talk about this," because I can't get into January yet. So I hang up, and I thought, "This is just feels so incomplete," and I have this love that I want to extend to her, and it's not the guilt. So after maybe a day, I called her back. And then she was like, "What do you think about the January trip?" I said, "I'm not, I'm not gonna talk to you about that because I, I want to talk talk to you about this dream I have." And it was very difficult because in our language, we never say "I love you." That word that is, doesn't doesn't um, we don't express in that way. So for me to kind of say, "I feel so much love for you," i I feel my heart is with you and all of those things and she just dumbfounded like she didn't expect that at all so and after that I thought you know what is truly called for when she was asking all this why don't you this why don't you that is she was calling for love and I am calling to express the love but we don't have to compromise on the form level. We can just know the essence that we can meet in essence. And that is, I feel like it's very, very freeing. Every time I practice that I'm speaking the truth to extend the love in my heart, it always feels very, very true, very freeing for me and for her and for both. So I really feel, you know, that's how our holiness can be burned through, you know, through us expressing in truth
3: in yeah. love. Yeah, and there's such a spaciousness, because I know too that there was a time when when uh, her mother was saying, come, I want to come to Utah, I want to come to Utah, and you said, okay, I will take time out, I will meet you, I will come to where you're gonna be staying in a hotel I will show Park you City, yeah. Park City I'll show you Park City, Utah, I'll show you around and there's a spaciousness, there's a time, isn't that a song to everything? There is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. That you know, that it always is about being authentic. It's always about being in touch and and uh Even though there was a temptation to swing off into this other thing, you came back to your Martin Luther King. Mom, I have a dream, and in that dream I saw you, and I loved you, and and I love you so much. You 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 came back to the main theme. I had a dream. So, you know, there's a time for everything. You just have to, have to shift into the right <laughs> gear. It took you a day, but you yeah. you really got it. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Well, I think our time is winding down. I see so many friends. Seema, I'm so glad you uh, poured your heart out and wrote. And Jackie, you know, wrote, had a beautiful conversation and it's just so much love that every even you opening your heart and writing saying I need support and then I put it out to the community and they were you know looking for opportunity oh yeah Seema Seema I want to I want to talk to her I want to contact her this is like so important because we need that support uh you know we we are facing I know you're facing with your father and 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 all the things that are going on these are like deeply Rooted uh, beliefs that are that are coming up for healing here at this time, and and I just when I see you and I look at all the faces, I just see such just sincere devotion to healing, truly. And it's this is why we have these online retreats because uh, yeah, it's it's we're just so touched and we're we're so blessed that we could all be in this together. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm looking forward to to tomorrow morning session, and then uh, Jeff and I have the, have a movie coming in, a Christmas themed movie, and uh, and also I might bring that uh, my friend who's been in jail, Dale. He just wrote me the most beautiful two page handwritten letter, and I thought I would share some of that because he is truly diving into the holy instant, and. And he realizes he's not even, he's so deep into diving in the holy instant that hes he's been in prison for years and he has years to go on his sentence and he's actually writing a line in there like, I don't even care about going home anymore, small h, uh, I only want to go home, capital H. Mm-hmm. And he's just in right there in his prison cell just diving deep into the holy instant really finding the meaning of Christmas, and and isn't that amazing? So I I was so touched by his letter, and I think what I'm going to do is he, I have no way, email, he can't get, he doesn't get some things, but I do have his physical address, so I'm going to share his handwritten letter, and I'm going to have uh, someone, Pete or someone, type it up on the, or, or Jeff, onto the chat box, so if you are touched by... What Dale is going through in prison, and you want to write a, a love letter to him <laughs> for Christmas, you will make him and yourself the happiest <laughs> ever uh, that that 's what came to me today is like share Dale 's letter tomorrow and and put the address on the screen, <laughs> and he will be just overwhelmed with because he 's asking for am I on the right direction and and you can all along with me, say, yes, you are. You are. Oh, how sweet. Thank you, everyone.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for
3: joining. Oh, sweet.